So last Thursday morning, actually this whole last week, I, I spent time with God every single day. I was, I was in desperate need for him, and I, every day I just made sure I got that time. And Thursday morning I got up, and I got on my knees in the living room on the rug. Nobody was home, and I just, and I knew he was there. I just, I could sense him there. And I confessed my sins, and I spent time worshiping, and I thanked him for things, and then I asked for some things. And I typically ask that God will keep my family safe. That's a pretty normal request. I think most of us want to be kept safe. We live in a scary world, right? Terrorism, and it's scary. Um, Our country is kind of scary, um, I think New York City is scary. I have, my oldest son lives in California. And, you know, in my mind, that's like one giant mudslide ready to happen. And my younger two live in Brooklyn. And then my parents are in Michigan. And so we're just kind of all over the place. And, you know, it's trains, planes, and automobiles. You're just going and, and things could happen at any minute. So I just sit with God, the God who I know loves me. Yes. And I know cares. And I know answers prayer. And I say to him, you know, God, will you please keep my family safe? Now, here's a picture of my younger two kids and and actually my dad. My dad was here in the fall, for those of you who got to meet him. And then that's my daughter, Megan, and this is Caleb. Now, wouldn't you pray for those sweet faces, too? Oh, God, please keep them safe. (laughs) You could be his brother, his sister. Anyway, thank you. Um, So... Later in the day on Thursday, later in the day on Thursday, after I'd prayed this prayer, I got this text message. And you see what that is? It's both bones in the forearm broken right in half. So my younger two kids, Megan and Caleb, they went to um, Taos, New Mexico, to ski. And... I know what my youngest son is like, which is the kind of kid that decides he's just going to go off the jump, even though he's never done that before, and crack his heel, because that happened a few years ago. And he's, so when they leave, I'm always like, please, Caleb, please, be so careful. Don't do anything stupid, please. And Megan and I don't really worry about that much, because she's pretty smart. She's pretty safe. But anyway, she wiped out snowboarding, and she did that. <clears throat> and um, by Friday night... She was in an operating room getting a plate put in. She'll have an eight-inch scar right over her favorite tattoo. She cried about that. Um, and, you know, I went from Thursday morning praying, God, please keep my family safe, to Friday evening knowing she was in surgery. And you know what? It could have been so much worse. And maybe that's what you're thinking. It could have been death. Uh, it could have been um, she fell and broke her neck, and she's a paraplegic now. Amen. Last year, the same two dumb kids that I have were skiing at the same mountain, and they had an avalanche. And a, a man about my age lost his son, who was in his early 20s. That phone call could have come. So I realized that it could have been much worse, but... Did God keep his promise to keep my kids safe? Is that a promise? Mm. 
Well, um, before we dig into the promise I want to look at today, and I'm, I know I'm kind of diverting, and this could probably be its own message, but I just I want to talk about this. There are several biblical myths, and today I want to di- just talk about one before we get into what is an actual promise of God. Have you guys ever heard the saying, maybe you've even said it to people to encourage them, or God never gives us more than we can handle. You've heard that saying, right? Okay, it's not in the Bible anywhere. Not at all. And it's not biblical. If you think about the saying, it's a nice saying. It's, it's encouraging and it's, it's comforting, but it doesn't really match with real life. We experience things, I think, often that bring us to the breaking point that are way more than we can handle. In fact, if you think about it, um, a lot of people self-medicate because they can't handle it or they commit suicide. The suicide rate is high because life often brings us things that take us to our breaking point. I think that that saying, God never gives you more than you can handle, sometimes is confused with 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But what that really says is that God will never allow you to be tempted more than you can handle. And you know what? God provides a way out. That's the point of that verse. If you're tempted, God, you can seek help. You can get up and walk away. Um, You can avoid people and places and situations that you know. If you walk in that room, you know you're done. You know, there's there's ways out that God provides us for that stuff. Um, And and we can't blame God when we sin, and we certainly can't blame the devil, although he's always there making things worse. Um, because, because God does provide a way out. So that verse, tempted, is, is not, not the same meaning as difficulties. God will never give you more than you can handle. Those are not the same. So when you think about that saying, the difficulties that we face are often the result of life, of sin, of other people's free will that affects you, your free will. That's, those are the difficult things that come our way and why. Just because it happens does not mean God made it happen. Amen? Amen. 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 When it says God never gives you, that implies it's God's fault. Because if he's not going to give you more than you can handle, but he gives you a lot of bad stuff, it implies that those bad things are God's fault. Bad things happen because of sin and free will. We live in a fallen, broken, sinful, terrifying sometimes world that God didn't intend. Remember in John 10.10, it's God's purpose to bring life. It's the devil's purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is doing it every day. The second part of the saying, more than you can handle, implies that it's up to you. God's going to give you these bad, difficult things, but it's never going to be more than you can handle. What does all of Scripture teach, especially the New Testament? Come to me. Let me do it for you. I will be your strength. I will be your wisdom. I will be. I will be. You just rely on me. It's not up to you to handle it. And most of the time, I feel way too weak to handle anything anyway. Amen. Amen. 
So if we believe this saying that he's never going to give us more than we can handle, and then we do fail, what happens? We feel totally inadequate and like God has forsaken us. Uh And then we might feel like, well, he's behind all the pain and he's just telling us to suck it up. That saying is just, it's it's bad theology and um, it's just not right. There are so many stories in the Bible. We looked at um, Old Testament characters last year, Jeremiah, uh, Job, the story of Paul in the New Testament, and many others who really had more than any human could handle. But you know what they always did when they were at their breaking point, way more than they could handle? They turned to God every time, and God was there for them and gave them the strength and what they needed to get through. So we need to stop believing the lie that God won't give us more than we can handle. Life will give you more than you can handle, and that is a promise. But God will see you through. He is for you, he is with you, and for you. As long as you are with him. Yeah, you got to be with him. It is. Sometimes it is. Okay, so there are a lot of promises in the Bible that are really beautiful. And um, so hopefully over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of these. And today, I want to look at the promise of peace, peace of mind. Now, let me just ask you, is anybody in here hungry for peace? I mean, I am. Every day, I feel like I'm crawling to God and saying, oh, Jesus, you got to help me. I'm so anxious, and I just need your peace. And, and just FYI, these verses don't actually say in the New Testament, God says, I promise. Jesus says, I promise. He, he doesn't use that phrase, I promise, but his word is as good as his promise. So that's why we're calling it the promises of God. So John 14, 27, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now, do you think I had peace Thursday night when I saw my daughter's broken bone? You know what? I didn't right away, for sure. I was upset. Um, I was anxious about it. I was very anxious that I couldn't be there. She's all the way on the west side of the country, and um, I wanted to be with her. Um, You know, I was anxious but that's okay to feel that sometimes. You're going to feel nervous or anxious or stressed in a moment because we're human. That's being human. But Jesus comes along and says, I can override that anxiety and that stress and that worry and that fear with my peace. And that did happen to me. When I went to bed that night, I had peace. And all of the next day, I was waiting to hear about the surgery, when it would be. Then we found out it would be at 8 o'clock that night. And I I can honestly say I had peace throughout the day. Now, I got up Friday morning. I had to work all day. So I got up early before I had to go and spent time with him because I, I knew I just needed that peace. How many things can rob us of peace? How many things... Man, I can be robbed in the blink of an eye, you know? Something threatens um, health or a financial situation or one of my kids or anything. 
and man, I'm right to sheer panic or anxiety or my peace is just gone. But you know what? It comes back because I go back to the one who is peace. Amen. I go back to him. Amen. He made me and he's the creator of the world yes. and he lives within me and yes. he came for me and he rescued me and redeemed me Hallelujah. and Hallelujah. in the end has a place for me. Yes. What Hallelujah. more is there? Yes. Amen. Amen. It's a supernatural thing that happens. Stephen, you going to take a seat? Okay, good. Um, you can't really explain peace, but I do know this. It flows out of a strong relationship of trust in God. And, and granted, trust does not come easy. Todd, you mentioned trust. Trust does not come easy. It, it really is a growth process. The more you spend time with Jesus and get to know him, yes. and the more he gives yes. of himself to you, yes. and, and your flesh is being put to come death, on, and your yeah. spirit's come coming on. to life. That's you know what right. happens? Your trust grows right. and grows. And in a year, your trust is way more than it was last year. And in 10 years, it's way more Amen. than it was. Amen. And that relationship is what the peace comes out of that. Right. It is a, it's like a supernatural exchange. The trust grows by spending time with Jesus. The more time you spend with him, I mean, it's similar to a human relationship. If I think about Craig, when I first met him, I trusted him. He was a good guy. He was a decent guy. There wasn't a lot to not trust. But you get married and time goes on. And after 10 years of marriage, now I totally trust him. After 20 years of marriage, I, compl like, I, don't, I don't mistrust because I really know him now. Now, he, he's human, so, you know, he could still. But, but I'm just saying... Todd, let's talk after. That's true. That's true. You have to worship in, in spirit. I, I agree, but you know what? If you keep doing it, the Holy Spirit comes and begins to grow in you and strengthen you. And if you do it faithfully, over time, you become more like him and less like you. That's his promise. So, anyway, everything I go through in my life, I know that God will be with me in it. And that makes all the difference because he is bigger than life. He is bigger than our problems. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed, whose mind is stayed, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. It's that trust. Now, maybe you question how do we trust a God? How can you trust a God who you prayed to in the morning to keep your family safe and within 48 hours your daughter's in an operating room? How, how can that be? Um, or maybe you're in a bad situation and you're, you're wondering, how do I get peace when I pray to a God for help? You know, I'm homeless or I'm jobless. Or how does a person in prison have peace? How does a person dying of cancer have peace? How does a person who's losing a loved one have peace, and I know people all in, in all of those situations, by the way, who have had peace because they know the God of peace. And you know what? He could have, God could have protected Megan from falling at all, but he can't 
always do that for everything I pray, for all, you know, all the time. We can, that would be paradise. Yes. We can't never get hurt or never get sick or never suffer or never die. We live in a fallen world. Praise God we have somebody who cares and does walk with us, us in it and has the Hallelujah. future in mind. What does Psalm 23 say? Psalm 23 gets quoted a lot. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then in verse 4, it says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close behind me. So you're not going to not walk through dark valleys, but you can still know peace. Sometimes I think we think, Money will bring us peace, or health will bring us peace, or good relationships will bring us peace, or home. Wow, wouldn't it be nice to be in a home and to just be your own place and it's warm and you're safe and all the peace that would come. And you know what? It would for a minute. But nothing is lasting like that. You know why? Because you can lose any of those things at any minute. You just can. But God is, is peace. And you won't lose him. It's like we're looking for peace in the wrong places. It's like we're looking for New York City in Florida. You know, you're not going to find it. And if we think that our troublesome circumstances, if they would just calm down, then we would know peace. We're mistaken. Because they might calm down for a while. And then next month you're going to have something new. Only God himself can bring us real lasting peace. And, you know, I say to Craig often, we, we, when we were coming home from Michigan, um, we got home on a, what, Saturday, Friday, Thursday, Thursday. We got home on a Thursday, and when I got home, I was anxious about things. There were just several things. Nothing seemed right. And in the morning, I got up, and I went down to the living room. Nobody was home, and I sat there with God and just said, Jesus, I just need you. Come be with me. Just be with me. Give me peace. Take away this worry I'm feeling that's not of you. The stress I feel, the anxiety I feel, take it away. And he did because he gave me himself. I was looking at a book this last week um, called The Peace God Promises, written by Ann Spangler. And in it, she tells this story that was so cute. I wanted to share it. She said that um, a father was working at home in his office, and his young son was there, and he wouldn't leave him alone, and he was trying to get work done. So he took um, a picture of the earth out of a magazine. He took, ripped the page out of the magazine, and then he ripped it up into pieces. And he gave it to his son, and he said, go into the other room and put this together like a puzzle. So the little boy puts it together and comes back quickly, and it's all together. And the dad said, how did you do that so quickly? And he said, oh, it's easy. On the other side, there's a, a picture of a person. And so I just put together the person. And when you put together the person, the world's together. Mm. And in his unintending wisdom, he cuts to the heart of the matter. That's it. God is peace. Amen. You know, Amen. peace, I don't think peace is something that you, you can go to God and then he'll just like Hallelujah. give it to you or withhold it from you. It's him. He is the peace. 
So if we go to him and we're with him and we abide in him and we let him love us and wash over us, we walk in peace. I am going to say this and it kind of scares me because I believe it's true. And if it's true, then it's true for me too. Um, I believe God wants us to have peace because we don't value the things of this world as much as we do. And that's hard because we do. And who doesn't want a home? And who doesn't need a job? And who doesn't have to have food and need clothing? And But... I really think he wants us to get to a place where we could lose those things and still have him and still have peace. Come on now. That's and you know what? Amen. Amen. I am not That's right. even have sort of mastered this. I am a fellow traveler with you. I am working on this. Every day I'm trying to taste and see that the Lord is good so that, I'm, so that I live in his peace. Galatians 5, and 23 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self, gentleness, and self-control. Are those things easy to come by? Oh, and who gives them to you? The Holy Spirit. And how does he give them to you? A relationship with him. You, it can't be one-sided. It can't be. You can't just think God's just going to drastically change you. No way. It's like a, me saying, I'm going to be a professional tennis player, and then I never practice tennis. I never go play. It's not going to happen. you got to give him your heart. Give him your time. Give him your body. Give him your will. And say, Jesus, here, I surrender. I'm yours. And he comes in, and he gives you peace. He gives you himself. We don't have to work for it. We abide in him, and he does it. I thought is the last thing we could do. Can we say together Psalm 23? Let's say it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, thank you so much for the promise of your peace, of yourself. Oh, Holy Spirit, please speak to us. Penetrate our minds and our hearts with this truth that you are peace, that you are longing to reveal yourself to us, to... um, Get us to a place where we abide in you, where we walk in your peace, um, where we stay steadfast, hanging on to you. Help us to believe that and to put it into action, God, to just give you time as we surrender to you daily. 
And thank you, God. Thank you for your peace. I couldn't make it a day without it. In Jesus' name I pray.